I see what you're doing. Right out of the gate. Oh. Sail on, sailor. Sail on, sailor. Sail on, pirate. We're back, people. And yes, this is Bob Seeger. <laughs> I thought it was Queen. <laughs> I'll take that back. Uh, it's the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jimmy Buffett. What do you think? Here you go, Jared. Cheeseburger in paradise. Well, that was well hey, done. It's good. You like it? Yeah. Did you think it was good? Yeah. Good. It's not bad. We'll just add a little bit of uh, auto tune and uh, <laughs> reverb on that vocal. Both Malone's gonna do some post production. You know what? Actually, though, what he just did is exactly what it sounds like when you go to a rap concert and they try to rap. It sounds like that. A little bit off. I've it's never not, been to a rap concert. Yes, you have. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. I did. Did you guys? Anybody have a uh, uh, respectful cheeseburger in honor? Of Jimmy, I did not had respectful pizza. You had, pe- you had pizza for Jimmy, really? <clears throat> I've had multiple cheeseburgers since he's died. <laughs> I, you know, I love them. I just don't eat a lot of them anymore. But I did yesterday for. Uh, it, it, I'm a little late, but uh, and I had mixed feelings about it because I ordered a double cheeseburger and a small fry, which happened to be crinkle cut fries, which are my favorite. And it was like without drink, uh, fifteen thirty-four. Where were you at? Take a guess. High Point. Uh, no. No. I was in the valley, coming back. Oh, you were at Shake Shack. Bingo! How did you know? <laughs> because it's a fifteen-dollar cheeseburger with fries. <laughs> and I was. And here's the deal: I picked it up, and of course, I was driving to soccer practice out to Crevecore. Yep. And as that bag sat in the car, because I didn't eat it until I got out there, I just stared at it and was pissed off. Literally pissed off the whole time. Like, fucking 15 bucks for a double cheeseburger fry, whatever. Yeah. And then I get there, and the fries were good, and the burger was great. And I'm like, damn, I'm They're, the asshole. It's good. It's good. I, I just think we drove by one. Or actually, <clears throat> no, Jared, you and I walked by one when we were in Detroit, and I had made the comment, it's the most overrated and overpriced cheeseburger in the, in the area. You're too hard on things. I mean, I think it's good. I think it's edible. I, I mean, I'll eat a Shake Shack, but it is expensive. Yeah, I just, it is. But, I mean, they, the burger's right, but it's not a I like t- the sauce. $10. I mean, it's nothing special. It's just no. a couple condiments mixed, probably, no. but it's, I, I do like the you Shake like Shack. You like the sauce, so. really? It's called mayo and ketchup. Yeah, I know. Stirred. <laughs> but it's good. With a little pepper in it, I think, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Paprika. <laughs> Red pepper, right? Uh, we're back for another episode now that we've wasted the first three minutes of your <clears throat> listening pleasure here. Um, we, we, it's, it's been a great run. A lot, lot of different kind of episodes lately. Um, been working with Jen also on Soccer Mom Sunday. Yep. Those have been fun. Uh, the last show was me solo with some of my 62040 brethren uh, in honor of Coach Baker. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so we've kind of been all over the board. And coming up here the next few weeks, we've got a real run of just 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 some fun, great names. Really looking forward to it. Um, the, the support has been kind of exceeding expectations as well. So for that, thank you. Um, just a lot of different things going on. School's back in session. Kids are playing now basically seven days a week right um what else you guys got going on are you and for you pool boy when you closing that thing up i don't close it till like october i it's heated it's a it's a hot tub right now it's heated yep 
I got it at like 94 right now. It's nice. That's disgusting. No, you don't have it's it beautiful. to 94. It's just 94. No, it's no, no. It you got the heaters on right now? Yeah, I have it heated. Yeah, I want to be able to use it. I can't. I don't. Well, I, I don't swim in anything like less 94? than 90. Huh? I don't really swim in anything less than 90. I like 90. <laughs> okay, princess. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> do you well, just move to Florida, or do you just jump in the pool? No, sometimes I look at it, but I, no, I take showers. Okay. Have you ever taken soap Ask in Mandy. with you? Have you they, ever? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, gotta throw out a couple things real quick um, to our friends over at Crescent Plumbing. They continue to support the show. And again, you need anything plumbing wise, hit them up. Renovation, hit them up. They're gonna keep you on budget. That will keep your marriage, your relationship in good standing. So give them a call. Uh, our boys, Chris and Billy over at uh, Pinnacle, you guys, uh, thank you for the support. Looking forward to having you on. I'm th- you know what? Hey, if we are going to be doing that outdoor on-site show, I think that would be a great one to bring them on. Ooh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Not, yeah. uh, I mean, and do we do we just <coughs> tease it or do we just spill the beans? No, I think we tease it a little bit. Let's put it this way. It's two NCAA Division One programs. In the state of Missouri. In the state of Missouri. Playing in St. Louis. High profiles. Playing Top in St. amateur soccer that our state has to offer, I would, I would say. Yep. One team is... Uh, it's got St. Louis blood through it, and the other team is uh, United Nations. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> via the Ozarks. <laughs> via the Ozarks. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Ozark Tribunal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah. we should bring them on there. We'll hit them up, uh, and then our newest supporter, Axis Physical Therapy. Uh, I pronounced that right, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You did. That's your commercial. Uh, yeah. And whenever Kim heard that story and heard you say on air that you were jealous, <laughs> she felt sorry for you. She's like, oh, well, my God, I want to call him. I, I do like to pull the pity card. <laughs> I want to give him a hug. Because <laughs> even Max had a commercial. I want a commercial. Yeah. Well, hey, you did well. You did good, though. We'll play that thanks. here in a little bit for our listeners. Um, let's get right to it. Because we've got our guests sitting here drinking some Wally's Light Lagers with us at Amsterdam. The Amsterdam Tavern. Can you tell his, his his demeanor and his mood? It's like, you know, this dude has gotten moodier in his old age. And oh, some I'm days you just don't really know how to take him. But whenever he's here, he's like the dude it's my that happy wears... Place, man. Uh, who's the workout guy that was a little overweight with the short shorts? Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. Yeah, he's kind of he acts like yeah, him no. when he's in Amsterdam. No, when Richard Simmons would put on those <laughs> Richard Simmons would put on the spandex and stand around a bunch of people that don't look like him and he was happy. And when I'm here, I just look at the scarves and I look at everything. I'm, it's at my happy place. Oh, and yeah. you've got your your Carl Rose pen yeah. right there with the quarter still taped to it. Yeah. Um, and the blue wall and Chelsea's Chelsea's crushing it this year. So I mean, you got that to be happy about. Yeah. This is this is Bush hey, exactly. Club yeah. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> and, and, your time and, and, on the show. And that is for our guest today because um, he will also agree that this is Bush Soccer Club blue. This wall. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. All right. And now to our commercial break. <laughs> we got pinnacle points. Pinnacle points. We do have pinnacle points. Um, uh, Zach. Sure. You look ready, I, man. I, Hit it. So I recently watched this video of 18-year-old Noel Clark. Uh, Noel Buck. Have you guys heard of Noel? Is he the Buck? guy that just uh, kind of switched flags to England? Yeah, he just got signed um, over in England. He was with the New England Revolution. And he did a presser. And he basically said, yeah, 
about the U.S. men's national team. I talked to Greg uh, a little while ago. We'll see how it goes. And that was it was the most flippant response to oh, yes, are yes, you yes. going to be on the US <clears throat> men's national team or the England national team and it's it goes back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about international players kind of choosing which squad they want to join up with and how that is affecting the international game and all that kind of fun stuff and it just it it really it bothered me I did, I did Just say not, it's wrong. I mean, I did not like it, but I, I don't know the context, and I don't know if I was over exaggerating. But I wanted to kind of get your takes on that at some point. Just that, I, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I saw one video of it and just kind of read a little bit of the context because I wasn't really connecting the dots. Um, and it's just like, if he's that ambivalent and arrogant, I'm going to be even more ambivalent. I don't I, care I don't, about you. Then don't just go to England. Go away. I, I don't. I don't know. That's kind of how I felt. Like yeah, uh, go to Qatar. Right. Fine. They'll sign you up. Jared, what you got? You got another? You got pinnacle point for me? Yeah, my pinnacle <clears throat> point is the just absolutely wonderful photo taken oh out at God. City Park um, yesterday. Yesterday with Greg Berhalter, and it was. Um, 76 players from the St. Louis area. Well, no. Had, it, it, was, it was a few of the 76, of 76. players yep. from St. Louis that have represented um, the U.S. national team from our backyard. And, you know, liking it, commenting on things. Greg Berhalter um, speaks, um, you know, it, through the newscast that, you know, we're in the St. Louis, uh, we're in the soccer capital of the country from our national team coach. And I have proceeded to argue with every fucking asshole on <laughs> social media about why we are or the, are the not. The same ones I am? Maybe. Okay. And, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of valid points about how many members have, you know, came from here or there or whatnot. But, I mean, the U.S. national team coach on live spoke out and said unprovoked we, we call this the, the the soccer capital of the, the num- country the number that strikes me and i don't know who posted this but 10 percent historically historically 10 yep. percent of all players in the u.s national team came from st louis yeah of all players <laughs> that have been capped 10 percent of them are st louis players that's insane and there were different eras and years sure. that probably yeah, there was more percentage from California. But, I mean, 1950, say something, California. California is a pretty big state. Yep. This yep. is We're talking about a 40-mile uh, radius? Well, let's put it in the context of what we, where we really want to go with this, which is exactly where I want to go with this. Ugh. Following our weekend game, our stumble in league, City SC's loss to... Those guys. We should have called. Um, we should have called George Gansner on, on this because there were a lot of interesting plays from a referee standpoint. Ah, yeah, you, you, I, I'm with you. I'm I not going to blame the refs. But the I'm refs not blaming again. the refs. That's not the point. I'm just saying there were some questionable things that had massive impact. Well, the fucking the goal wasn't offsides. <laughs> well, clearly, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, that goal wasn't offsides, and there one of their goals. There was a clear handball before they scored. Yeah, I, I know. That's that's kind of my point. <laughs> we lost by one, and you just. Well, reference to yeah. Goals. So, but but there's a lot of like subtext too here. Uh, first registered regular season sellout. Mm-hmm. Right, and since 2012. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, a lot a lot to lot to chew on there. But what's what's funny to me is the response from the KC folks is like, well, you're new to the league. We'll see. How, we'll see how you feel in yeah. 20 years. Well, well you've only we're been not around. talking about 20 years from now. We're talking about now. 
dick. Yeah. Like, you, oh, you've only been around the game for like four months. Really? Right. Four months? Really? I had one guy that hit me up. He's like, well, I, you know, I've been following this league in death for 10 years. And I'm like, I got Copas that are three times that old. Go away. Well, my, <laughs> my, my favorite now is I've got friends from Miami. And they've been Miami? staunch, staunch MLS supporters for 11 games. <laughs> that, you know what? I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> and now they know everything about MLS. So can anybody talk about the, the and I don't, I, no, I'm just not even going to say it, but I think Messi and Miami are in a little bit of trouble. Not necessarily the international break that he's going, or not the, the international games where he's going to miss MLS games to go play for Argentina, but um, there's some rumors of some rule breaking that may or may not be News to me. This is news. Okay. Well, Break, I'm breaking news here. On <coughs> breaking news on Soccer Dad Pod. Sounds like there's some rules broke that may um, affect his eligibility. I'll leave in, it at that. In MLS? Yes. Really? Where'd you get that news? Uh, our guest told us. <laughs> <laughs> Did he not uh, sign the right cards for the club? I don't know. <clears throat> What's your, um, what's your pinnacle point there, JB? So I have I have a really fun one. Um, and this actually just came to me about an hour and a half ago whenever I was getting a haircut. <clears throat> Looks At, nice, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's a one down low, low two in the middle. And yep. then and I, fade, t- I always tell them, like, I don't use product. I don't comb my hair. And she's like, really? Okay. You know, because she looks at me like, duh. Uh, but I'm sitting there and I'm, I don't talk. My shocked faced. Yeah. No, you know, they, you, you know how they usually is like, so how's your day? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, I purposely am like, hey, it's good. You know, real <laughs> short to the point because I want to listen. <laughs> and it's not because I don't want to talk. I had this weird like fetish of listening to all the other weird people. I do the this. same thing. <laughs> and, I did the exact same thing. And I scored today. Oh. Dude sitting next to me <clears throat> who had the grossest toenails ever. Um, sitting there, and the girl's like, "So, how's it going? You know, what are you doing? Have you, you know, looks you looks like you've lost some weight." He goes, "Yeah, I've been working out a lot. You know, I'm trying to get back in my track shape. You know, I was a track all star in high school and this and that." And she's like, "Well, how old are you?" And he's like, "I'm 31." He goes, "He goes, I'm going to try and get back to a sub 60 second 400." And she's like, "Oh, wow!" And she had no idea what he was talking about. And then he proceeded to, to say, "You know, it's a little known fact that at one point in 2012." I was the fastest 400 runner in the state of Missouri, and I was faster than every single woman in the world. And she looked at him, she's like, how do you know that? He goes, because I checked all the scores. By one-tenth of one <laughs> second, oh my God. I beat, and I sat there, and I start laughing out loud, and, the, and like I'm moving as I'm laughing, and I'm like, she's going to cut my head. <laughs> Because this dude is talking about his high school 400 lap tra- lap time, and the fact that he hates women, and that he hates women, and his stylist, she was picking up what he was laying down. She was not happy. His haircut does not. I'm like, dude, yours. you are not coming back for a freebie after this one. So it his was ears uh, were literally literally lowered. Yeah. So pinnacle point of the day is, do not talk to your stylist. Sit there, listen to everybody else, because. It's cheap entertainment. It is. I agree. Jared, a lot of mansplaining. You do that too. Are you probably chatty? No, I don't. I, I, you, I, I do. You're not probably chat the person that everybody's listening to. Well, uh, let me just uh, let me be honest. Um, if the stylist is gorgeous, then I'm extremely chatty. But if the stylist is not, 
wonderful, then I just am like, just cut my hair, honey. Well, I want to learn more. Why? I, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. It's I'm going to lean into this nature. for one second because I, we need another sponsor, I think. And I think I, I go to the hair saloon. Uh, if any Twelman family members are out there listening. And it's a cool spot because you get a free beer when you walk in. And yeah, but if you walk into G&W Sausage, they'll give you a bush, too. Well, that's not, they're not going to cut my hair, though. I know. All right. I'm just totally digressing. Yep. I uh, wanted to mention something real quick before we take a break. Um, got a text from a friend of ours, the Mr. Jason Glover. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted us to give us a quick shout-out. Um, here, Jared, read it. Got a little something in my eye real quick here. You do that. This guy's got um, the 2023-24 St. Louis Champions Futsal League for both boys Ooh. and girls starting in early December. This guy, um, it, it, it's it, it's a small cost per team, but their playing dates, uh, league dates, are December 2nd, 3rd, 9th, 10th, 16th, 17th. Looks like they got seven or eight dates in January. They got four dates in February. Um, don't know, you know, he'll come on probably and, and share more, but it looks like it's played at SLU High School um, and then also Christian Academy of Greater St. Louis. So perfect situation for anybody that's in a club that wants to keep winter touches going on. Um, this is probably your stop. It, it, again, it's called the St. Louis Champions Futsal League put on by um, Jason Glover. And Caden yep. played as well futsal for a long, long time. Yep. Um, and several of the boys on our... You swear by it. I, I Absolutely. <clears throat> it works pretty well for those Brazilian kids, too. I mean, they're doing all right. Kind of a good segue, because uh, I think uh, the gentleman today may or may not have been Caden's first St. Louis Scott Gallagher coach. Uh, well, he just pointed at you and nodded his head, so I'm assuming that's a yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> how about that? Well, here we go. We're going to roll out with a little bit of Jimmy Buffett before we bring Gaston, Cheeseburger in Paradise. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Pinnacle. ThePinnacleLoans.com. Uh, check them out. Crescent and Axis Physical Therapy. Thank you as well. We'll be right back after these messages. Zach here. I love my kids. Really. And when my kids have a knock, a sprain, a tweak, I like to get them back to 100% as soon as possible. I also hate deductibles. I get it. But now, in Missouri, I don't have to waste any unnecessary copay after my child rolls their ankle because now I can go straight to a PT. No more pediatric visits in a germ-infested lobby waiting for permission to go to a physical therapist. Axis Physical Therapy has 19 locations from Glen Carbon to Winsville and specializes in rehab, especially soccer rehab. So instead of burning a couple of needless hours and cash going to get a referral, take that bump or bruise straight to Axis. Go to AxisPT.com for more info and feel free to Venmo me your half the savings. Yo, Jared here. Remember the pool pandemic of 2021? I was infected. I needed my own oversized oasis in Wentzville. I needed a simple solution to pay for it. So I reached out to my favorite undefeated CBC freshman standouts, Bill and Chris, at The Pinnacle Loans. Long story short, I have my pool. It's a flipping hammer. The loan process with those guys was so simple. Even I did it. Now, every time I get in my pool to drink ice cold beer, 
I can thank the team over at ThePinnacleLoans.com. That's ThePinnacleLoans.com. 20 and 0 as freshmen? Really? Talk to you after. Yeah. Ooh, I like this song. Who, uh, who, uh, you like this one? Jared likes this one. Yep. I so like I'd, these opening, you know, <clears throat> just baller guitar riffs that fire me up. Throw away your fancy calls. Yeah. It's that snare. It is. I'm like, I could do that. I want to be a drummer. I would actually, I probably wouldn't be able to do even that. Drum harder. <laughs> yeah, hit them harder. <laughs> you like that story, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I, I, you missed my Jimmy Buffett story. I uh, actually told you. I you did. It was the Bob Marley. No. Or no, no, no. Bono. Yeah. Flying Bono over. Flying. Pretty good yeah. story. It's a cool story. Uh, we got a little rock and roll ain't noise pollution from the ACDC. This is actually one of my favorite ACDC songs. It's that little, it's that little groove, right? Yeah. You like it too. I do because. Yeah, yeah. It's this this part right here. Listen, right? Simple. I just don't know how this guy had a voice. Um, just, <laughs> yeah, it hurts my throat listening. No, to I know. It's uh, you know, you try to even mess with. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're back. Um, got our guests ready. Got cold beers, refills down here at Amsterdam Tavern, the Amsterdam Tavern. Um, floating around like Richard Simmons. Yep. It's such yeah. a weird comparison that you made. But yeah, you know, I thought sense? about it after the <laughs> yeah, fact. I'm like, I just... Richard, Richard, I wouldn't say, I don't know. But you're, you're, you're un, you know, you're, you're extraordinary happy. Well, you, I've you had, I mean? look, truth be told, you guys all know, I've had a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. And, you know, things are, I, I tend to be glass half full. Yep. And today, I'm glasses 60% full. So I'm, I'm going to lean into that a little Good. bit. I love it. You like that? Uh, Zach, you got the honors. You've, uh, roll, roll them in today. Who we got? Yeah, I, I, Who we I, got? I, I get excited a lot, but very rarely do I get to, to talk to somebody who has had such a major impact on our lives and, and the lives of our kids. And uh, this guy has probably more so than, than anybody else, um, just because of the duration that he had with, with my son in particular and, and Jared's uh, and, and, and yours, JB. Um, he is one of those guys that has kind of a storied career and has been a, around the block. Um, and we are very excited to bring on the Tim Leonard, Timmy, Lenny, so many nicknames. TL. <laughs> TL. <coughs> Skinner. Hey, you. Skinner. Yeah, I mean, so... <laughs> The Tim Litter, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, extremely happy to uh, to be here to see you guys again. Uh, to be on the show, big fan. You know, from afar, been watching, been listening. Um, <laughs> you're well. You're the one that walks up to the glass and like pounds on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. The guest list has been impressive. The interviews have been impressive. Keep killing it, guys. You guys are uh, you're onto something here. Thanks. Well, appreciate Absolutely. it, dude. You uh, so when when we kind of play ping pong a little bit, text going back and forth, trying to make this thing happen. How happy were you that we chose this location? Absolutely <laughs> happy. You're like, uh, 
No, I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to go talk no, to these guys. No, I did not want to do the soccer park. <laughs> Glad we did it outside. It's my second home. Um, I get enough of it. So uh, being here, seeing everything that's around me, it just takes you back. It's a, it's, it's an unbelievable place. Yeah, it's a cool spot. And for you, who's been in the club for quite some time, but it's also, you know, you spend some time with other clubs as well. And, and so to take us back. You know, I mean, we typically with with St. Louis Stars like yourself, we try to start at the beginning and kind of try to understand and paint the the picture of of your youth and high yeah. school and then into college and 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 beyond. And so, a lot of our listeners know who you are, uh, but many will not. And so, I would love for them to get to know you a little bit better and just yeah. kind of start from the. Yeah, was he one of those South City jerks that Absolutely. we were talking about? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so just to just to go back to a recent guest, <laughs> yes. Daryl Duran. Yes. Um, grew up in the same subdivision wow. as Daryl Duran. Oh wow! Holy um, shit. He talked about that. the side yard. I remember him talking about the side yard. So I used to drive by there um, when I was really young. He's I don't want to say much older, but he's much older. <laughs> um, and would see him and his brothers playing on that side yard and knew who he was you know when i started to grow up uh in south county knew who he was knew the legend of him um ended up going to melville high school uh during melville played for bush soccer club growing up with you know the guy up here carl rose with the the banner above my head were Um, were you 75 i was on that 75 team yeah so i played for a different club after cyc for a few years It, it changed names we were Gundaker for a year. We were Pico Flake for a year. We we were all over the place. Steve Ralston was on those teams. Grant's um, Farm. Grant's Farm. Um, so then I joined um, Carl's team at, at U16, basically. And um, what a team I walked into. Was fortunate to uh, to play with all those guys on that team. Went to a national final our what, first what year. What were some of the names on that team? Ron Oster, yep. uh, Ryan Bresnahan. Brad Brown, Tom Larrigan. I mean, we had a we had a really good group of guys, yeah, and I was absolutely. probably the only public school guy in the group. I think there was maybe one other public school guy in our group, um, so that made things difficult in my high school seasons. We were always playing against teammates, and um, but I was just a guy, you know, in high school, just trying to grind it, um, trying to impress college coaches, trying to get to the next level um, any way I could. I know I know Carl was going to help all of us get there. Um, and then, you know, SLU came knocking my senior year. Uh, didn't really expect it. Was also um, looking at FIU in Miami. Oh, yeah. So um, those were my kind of last two choices of, of where I was going to go to school. Um, went down to FIU, stayed with Steve Ralston. Uh, Steve was actually a year older than I was. We were good friends. Um, he played at Forest Park for Pat McBride. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still a senior. We flew to Miami together. Um, same recruiting trip, same weekend, legendary trip. Same girls. <laughs> we'll just keep that quiet. Um, I meant cigars. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and then Joe came into the living room, and uh, Joe Clark, who's another guest of yours, and and once Joe came into the living room, my mom, I mean, it was He's hard great. for me to say no. There, I, you know, there are very few people that. Just, just in life in general, Joe Clark is one of those. In so much that he's just so sincere, so nice, so uh, class. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to stop talking to him when we we had him on, and 
I can imagine as a parent, you know, about to go through the same process, having somebody like that come in and sit down and kind of talk you through the process and what they're going to do for you. And I, well, I, let me ask you a question about that. <clears throat> that time and that that feeling, because I, I love I love the family stories. You know, you you're growing up in South County. You're a grinder. You're jumping. You, you know, you you jump through those club teams that were changing names. You land on the Bush team with Carl. You guys have, you know, incredible success. Clearly, you're on a path. You're playing public ball uh, at Melville, um, and then in walks Joe Clark and sits down, and your mom's there. Talk talk about what that really meant to your household for that work, that process to click in, in your mom's, you know, baby boy is about to go to SLU university to play soccer and get an education. It meant everything. Um, just, you knew where Joe was at all times as a high school player. Was he watching CBC that day? Was he watching Vianney that day? Where was he? You know, cause I, I was in communication with all those guys. Um, and, and when he would be at, a game of mine it was just special you know it was like joe's here you know joe's in the crowd and you, you just you just knew you wanted to impress but back to who joe is and and how he impressed my family uh, i was so fortunate to have him in my life for those years uh, guiding me through going from a let's just call it a low level high school team into you know, Brian McBride was there when I was a, a yeah. freshman, so we can Her, get into that a little later. <laughs> um, but, you know, the team that I walked into was top five team in the country. I was 145 pounds soaking wet. Um, I knew physically I was in for a battle uh, my freshman year. And Joe didn't beat around the bush with me. He told me and my parents, it's going to be a struggle for you to play year one. Totally accepted that. <clears throat> totally knew that. Never thought I was going to go in there and start. Um, but worked my way into the lineup, you know, played some games and some injuries happened. I had some uh, success, you know. Yeah, my freshman year, I, I ended up, I, I credit all my assist to Brian. Um, I just float balls in the box. and He would have. He would just, <laughs> yeah. he would You're just, like, he would just knock easy. it headers. Yeah, what do you just knock a ball in the air from 40 yards and this guy heads balls? Was it, what, what, man that plays what's, what's your nickname, yeah, like why, pitching wedge? Yeah, just why, stand back right. uh, <laughs> be like, Joe, why are we playing so uh Tiki Taka, let's just knock it into his head. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how no, important uh, was he f uh, for your injury? Uh, I, I mean, Brian. Are you talking about Joe or yeah, Brian? Yeah, Joe. Both of them, I guess, for that matter. I well, mean, well, Joe. I mean, my injury hey, came. Stay on the mic a little bit. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, my my injury came. Bob Warming. So okay. close, Joe. Okay. But uh, go back to Brian. Um, walking into that team, you couldn't have asked for a better leader. Like, you couldn't have asked for a better guy to walk in and, and be the leader of the group. I can remember the one story that I, I like to tell about Brian is I had to get my physical at West Pine Gym during the summer, you know, August or, you know, late August, getting ready to start preseason. And I, I'm glancing and I'm walking into West Pine Gym and I'm looking in the gym and I, I see the girls playing volleyball. And I'm like, is there a guy in there? You know, it looked like a, a boy was playing with him. And so I walk around to the, the next glass doors and I look and, and they're doing like hitting routines where, where they're just doing spiking practice. Well, Brian's in the line with the girls and he's spiking the volleyball and he's spiking the volleyball <laughs> and, and he's he's running with them and he's spiking it the other way. And he, he's running this drill where he's just getting his timing. And the guy could I mean, he could jump out of the gym. 
but he was getting his timing for his for his heading. Yep. And and he was working at his craft. And I said to myself, boy, I'm in for it. Um, this is the leader of the team. This is an All-American. This is a guy who just came back from the Olympic team. And look what he's doing right now. Yeah. You know, I better get my ass somewhere and work. Um, so I go down, and I'm getting my physical. And who comes down to the, to the training room? Who do you think? Brian goes over to the weight room. <clears throat> you know, he's, he's pumping it out in the, in the weight room. And, and I'm thinking, holy cow. This, this is going to be machine. this is going to be a challenge, wow. and um, you know we got to ride we got to ride his coattails that year, and it was awesome. And, and you were probably like, "Man, Miami, right about now, the <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, beach <laughs> could be pumping at the beach." That's right. That's right. Um, let me. I want to get your take on uh, going back a little bit and just kind of encapsulating as a kid that grew up here. I mean, your neighbor is. You know, one of the greatest players to, you know, come out of St. Louis and, and Daryl. And, um, you know, you get to play under Carl Rose, another one of those names. And, you know, you're making your way. You're going. Joe Clark invites you. You're there. You, you're experiencing all this. As a kid, as a St. Louis kid, um, talk a little bit about, you know, that, that, that pride and hindsight. You know, when you look back at that time and you look at that generation and the people that were touching you, uh, from a you, you know your, your career from a youth and club etc. What does it really mean to you being in the position that you're in now because you understand that importance? What's it What's it look like looking backwards right now to you? Very appreciative. Um, when I reflect on on getting to play and and walking into my first ambush locker room, that was that was a whole experience in itself. Is you know Daryl Duran being one of your idols growing up um, and walking into the locker room and seeing him standing there and then seeing Moe's over in the corner smoking a cigarette and his towel. So, um, <laughs> you know, there, there were so many things in that locker room oh going on. Uh, Reiniger was probably eating a cheeseburger. Um, <laughs> Joey. <laughs> who, who would score three goals a game and Moe's was smoking a cigarette, signing autographs. And so I, I got to, that was my first go around uh, at the indoor game, but but just appreciative of, of Carl, of, of Daryl, of Don, of Petch, of all these guys that I got to touch, feel, be around when I was playing, and now you get to work with them hand in hand, side by side. Think about meetings. it. It's Th- crazy. Think about those guys, especially at the amateur side of it, when you're talking about Carl and, and whatnot, and what you do for a living now. Um, those guys were doing it just for the love of the game. They were in clubs. I mean, I think somebody used, maybe it was Carl or it was, you know, um, Patch at one point said, you know, these guys are coaching. They're coaching for, maybe it was you, JB, they're coaching for a case of beer at Christmas or a gift card. Yep. And, and, and just the, 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 the personalities and the pedigree, which we use often, of those names and those guys that and, and I got to experience a little bit we were very very fortunate at that age to be able to be around those guys in our development years no question well I, I think it's one of those things that you know we were talking about in the open uh, in regards to the the alum the St. Louis alum from the national team and all these things that are like these individual stories or these little quips of uh, of, of uh, references to well, these, you know, those five were on this Olympic team and these two played here and all. 
Like when you start adding up all the pieces, you know, because you, and we're going to get into this shortly, because you've traveled around working, you know, at really, really high level clubs, just, the, and, and I'm, and I'm not going to be flip about it, but you know, when you think about Kansas city and these claims and these regional go to other markets where, you know, to a degree, soccer is less than 20 years old in some of these markets. <clears throat> Not Kansas City, but, you know, looking at it from a national perspective, how would you describe this? Like if you, Tim Leonard, were to get another opportunity to take on a club elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And you and you go somewhere to an Oklahoma City or an Omaha or whatever. How would you describe the culture here? And, you know, with everything that that we've been referencing if somebody says, well, what's what's the soccer community like in St. Louis? How would you define that? First word that comes to mind is tight-knit and hardworking. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, for myself and my experiences, first of all, you know, working with all the guys I've worked with in town, it's just like a blue-collar mentality. It's uh, I feel like all of our parents grew up as hardworking guys that, that were just trying to pay bills and, and – do what's best for the kids. Um, did, did 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 Ebes like feed you that? I'll tell you what, Ebes. <laughs> e, e, it, 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 so then I got to experience Southern California for five years, and really coming off playing, I, I wasn't even coaching at the time. Um, I, I was working. I had just got done playing. I was working about eighteen months, and I I just saw the. I didn't fit the office life. Um, I knew I wanted to work outside. I knew I wanted to work with kids. I knew I wanted to coach. <laughs> well, you could have went to Worldwide Tech with all the other <laughs> soccer. <laughs> Very fair. And they're not doing too bad. So yeah. more power to you guys Your at Worldwide. Your whole roster for all four years you were there, 70% of them worked there. 100%. And unbelievable guys. And I'm sure they have a blast over there. But, um, I, you know, I had took a different route. And, and uh, got to meet Don first time I can remember walking on the field with Don. Um, went out to went out to Irvine. Um, was offered a job to work not in his academy yet because the USDA wasn't even around when I got to Southern California. Right. Okay. So I had worked with a team that was it was uh, just below their Premier League out there. So it was a gold level team, um, and they were U14 going to U15. And I uh, the guy who brought me out to Irvine goes out on the field to introduce me to Don. I took two steps over the white line and Don told me to get off my field. Get off my field. He didn't know who I was. He, I just, he just thought I was walking on. So I was going to introduce myself. Did you say I'm from Melville, motherfucker? I, I said, come on, man. <laughs> St. Louis guy just trying to shake your hand. Big fan, big fan, number nine. Uh, but no, he, uh, he was an unbelievable leader for those five years, and I got to learn on my feet. Don really gave me uh, a lot of freedom to work. Uh, he would come and he would check on me, see how things were going, anything I need. You know, we'd go, you know, to the bar afterwards, talk about our teams, our games, uh, training, what I needed. Um, he really was just such a, a good influence on me during that time because I was fresh to it. Um, I needed someone that I felt comfortable with, and the St. Louis thing. It really it made us kind of vibe, um, so it was just great. I have a follow up on the the Ebert. So I talked to a former teammate of yours recently, who is a fan of the show, listens and listens to the Ebert show, and he, he cornered me last night actually and said, "I have a bone to pick," and he said, "Don Ebert made a comment that, as we were talking about pay to play, he said, 
everywhere in the world is pay to play. And we kind of challenged them a little bit on that, but not significantly. We kind of let it go. And then yeah, we had, because fundamentally it's true. Then we had Jan <clears throat> from Holland on. Um, and so I, I want to get your perspective, Tim, because you've been in this game a long time now. I'm not going to ask you a, a political question, but I would love for you to kind of set the table for it, which is, I think what Don was trying to say, and you know him better than, than we do, mm-hmm. is somebody's paying <laughs> for those coaches. Oh, somebody's think, paying for those fields. I think anytime and, Don talks, it's, it's in black and white. And, yeah. and there's no beating around the bush with Don. And, and I was out there for the start of the DA. So... I got to see LA Galaxy come in and, and take our players. I got to see, I didn't see LAFC because that was later, but yeah. I got to see the Galaxy come in to that community and, and how they they went about things. And it look, it, 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 it rubbed us the wrong way a little bit of sometimes the communication was wrong. Um, but Don has found such a niche and, and, and has done such a good job with his recruitment of talent and, and development of talent that I don't think he's ever going to not be a powerhouse down there. Well, we were talking about it uh, pre, pre-red pre light here. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the major differences is purely uh, mass, the population and, and, the, and the culture there. You know, soccer is in, you know, predominantly, especially in the Hispanic communities up and down the coast, there, there are no other sports. Maybe baseball is a distant second, right, at, at the youth development level. Um, Talk talk about what that was like going out there, working at the club, you know, knowing, knowing that you have LA Galaxy in the backyard. Um, how how did you approach, or how were players approaching you guys? What was that relationship like compared to kind of the X's and O's here in St. Louis? Just just like your, I think Zach alluded to it. Um, that's a pretty big state. Um, <laughs> Southern California is a pretty populated area, and and to your point. Um, it wasn't just the beach communities, you know, where Irvine was that, that we got pl- players from. It was inland, uh, San Bernardino, all the way, you know, all the way to Big Bear. So that amount of talent, um, look, the Galaxy are going to make mistakes, especially in year one of trying to recruit that and trying to wrap your, your eyes and your head around, okay, I've got to pick 20 kids here. Um, there's 200 very talented kids here. It, it's difficult. So in year one, I think they made some mistakes, and we kept some players, and we were always competitive, you know, within our SoCal division in the DA, you know, top three. Um, so what Don's doing out there is is very impressive, and it's not surprising the way the way he succeeded with the guy he is and the drive that he has, and uh, you can hear it in his voice. You didn't, oh yeah, you didn't get to interview him live, but man, he is just a competitor. Well, well, we, we walked away. From I think that. he was pay- I think he was pacing oh, he was the whole time. Pacing. Yeah, he, he sounded like a, a caged tiger uh, at, at times, especially when we brought up LA Galaxy or other things. And so I, I, that that leads me to a a former player of yours who happens to be my son who is interested in the topic of LA Galaxy and now St. Louis City. Again, I don't you don't need to get political with this, but just talk about the impact that when those MLS clubs come into an area that's got an established club, an established history, how does that have an impact on you as a coach? Is it deja vu? 
little bit? Uh, I, w- I wouldn't call it deja vu. No, I, I just never looked at it that way out, you know, when I was out there. I just felt when I was out there, there was so much going on in my life. I was single, uh, no kids, uh, just met the, my wife. So we had just started living together. Um, my focus wasn't truly on what players are they taking from us at that point in my life. Now moving back and being in St. Louis and going through what we're going through with City, I can say it's just part of my life now. Um, yeah. It's just the reality of, of the market. It's just the reality of our club. And I'll tell you what, the relationship's fine. And, and we're passing players on. I just had a parent group, uh, parent meeting with my 13s. Um, and just to, to let them know, if your goal that you set for yourself before the season, and I'm sure all your son's goals were the same, is to get there, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help them get there. Now, I'm going to set the table a little bit for, for what you just said, because I don't think our listeners understand. I, I hope you're going where I think you're that going. <laughs> for the two years prior to them joining City, you were their coach, which meant during the transition, during the tryouts, during the kick-arounds or whatever the hell we're supposed to call them correctly, you were the coach. Yeah, and not just we for we have a kick around on a Wednesday, and then we're going to go play Chicago Fire with Tim Leonard on a Saturday. Right, and and you know for our age group, the 08s, I think eleven kids from the the team that you had coached for two years gets called up to City. Now you have the 09 group that's got I don't know how many more than not more than eleven, but a lot. Mm-hmm. And the tens will be the same. Yeah, does that give you a little probably more a little bit of is it a is it like what's the what's the emotion that you have now knowing it's happening right it's, this isn't like a oh my god i had no idea they were going to do yeah. this what's the what's yeah. that emotion pride like pride versus pride. empty nester you know yeah, yeah yeah oh right right i don't think it's pride i think it's more just me being happy yeah for them um happy for all three of your kids happy for my 09s last year happy for the 10s that are going to make it this this upcoming year um i i don't think for me i look at it as you know, good job, Tim. You know, I feel <laughs> well, fortunate you, you know, to work with the players. That you, I get you, to work with. Yeah. you know, saying it out loud, you could you could say and you would claim and you would be accurate that you have coached more City Academy players than any coach in the world. <laughs> that is a, a, yeah, where's the Guinness book? That is a true statement. <laughs> that is you and the guy that you and the guy that won all the four hundreds uh, in high school in twenty twelve. Oh yeah, he beat every woman yeah, in the world. Every yeah. woman. And he's getting his haircut at Great Clips and Webster. Uh, it's true been twenty five years since I had a haircut. That's a a question that I've been wanting to ask you, obviously because it it's kind of a weird situation, right? Where you've got the club who's losing these kids, but they're also the ones who prepped them yeah. and, and gave them this, not gave them skills, but taught them how to get to that next level. And I think that's just super impressive and, and something that while you're not patting yourself on the back, you guys kind of well, should to a degree. You, you know, that I just don't think you stop, Zach. You just keep plugging away and you, well, keep, you yeah. keep developing you know what, and you keep caring. And, and you keep this kind, I love that. This kind of tees up one of our, from me, one of our, uh, uh, historical questions we ask it often because you you're in one of those positions to be sitting in the front row and that is you've had a pipeline of players you know for a long long time you know we we uh, casually referenced Caden Glover earlier um, you know we've talked about all these kids you know by age group that have been passing through the city um, <clears throat> uh, Ken Godet was the first one that I asked this question and you know where I'm going with this um, <laughs> When you look, when, you know, when these kids come into the pipe, 
and having the experience that you have, talk a little bit about your version of it. When you look, when when you look at them play, what are you looking for? And and, and go ahead, Jared. And, and also, as you are answering JB's question, because I'm interested in your age group specific. You have the 13s and 14s. Now, biology, puberty, all of this changes throughout the years, but yeah. you are strictly important or involved in the 13 and the 14. Tr- transitional it, year. It's like the transitional year, so you're seeing it. So as you're, as you're identifying it in your definition, talk about the transition years where – um, you have a 13-year-old that first year that's hit puberty. then, Or you have a 13-year-old that when you have him the following year, he has went through it or has, has substantially got bigger, stronger, faster. Or, or maybe a 13- and 14-year-old that hasn't even hit it yet, but you know things are coming that when you don't have that boy, what happens when he does hit it. Yeah. So, so, so try to frame, dip and dodge out of that. And answer each question individually. Yeah. Well, please. no, just that, that <laughs> yeah, definition. I, I don't with the puberty, yeah. So, so the it thing. I mean, what what I kind of pick up on is is really intrinsic motivation and and competitiveness. It, how motivated is that kid day in day out to train, and how much does he hate to lose day in day out? It's it, it's like Michael Jordan. You know, I was a huge fan of Michael Jordan's, and I'm sure all you are. It's your um, class of '93 kid. Absolutely, I get it. So so you know that that intrinsic motivation and that competitiveness. What does it look like every single day? And right. that that for me is a big it factor um, of how far that kid's going to go. I worked, you know, and and going off of uh, Jared's second part of the question. His question reminds me of Steve Ralston. Steve Ralston did not even start on his high school team his senior year. He went to Oakville High School. Oakville. And, Robin. And was a spot starter and went and played for Pat McBride, led the lead, you know, led the country in assists, um, had played with the U23s, so Billy Baumhoff, Jamie Posnanski. Yep. Um, Who Gallagher just came from, like, South Carolina via SLU High. Yeah. This guy's Oakville Junior College. Uh, so so you want to talk about physical yeah. maturity. Steve wasn't – Steve was 130 pounds his senior year. He worked in the weight room. He worked on the track. He got himself so fit that he led, he led the junior college, and then he went to FIU and led the NCAA in assist and went on to have, you know, an unbelievable uh, I think he's playing career. number one or number two uh, in the MLS. Steve and I used well. to – I used to have sleepovers at Steve's house because we grew up uh, playing like U10, U12 age groups together. And we would just, you know, we'd play in his backyard. He had two goals set up and we'd watch uh, goal, you know, from the 86. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, over and over again on VHS. (laughs) He was just a a guy you knew was going to make it at some point, just his work ethic. And and that's to your point, Jared, if they have that work ethic, if it's instilled in them and they really want to do well, they're going to do well. well. So <clears throat> I'm going to ask you to take this step further and use this as a moment for the parents that are listening to really understand. I'm going to extrapolate or ask you to extrapolate off of that answer. And that is when you start to fold in the technical skills, the drills, the extra touches, the juggling, you know, quote, training. The it, Gallagher soccer school aspect of it. Yeah, Correct. So let 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 the parent know like why you guys focus on that so much, uh, in so much that 
you just said that what you're looking for is competitiveness. You're looking for drive, but they have to be able to perform. So talk about that, that, that kind of triangle of competitive, physical training. How do you approach that at a very, I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's a sensitive age. Very sensitive. You know, because you're prepubescent, and yeah. pu- you know, kids in the middle of it. Correct. How do you manage that process amongst those three areas? Yeah, very carefully. Um, not too quick to judge. Um, let kids develop. Um, I know Bertie, you know, for instance, your son, he, he struggled physically there for, for six months where you were like, man, is it Six our, years. Our, <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't no. say that. Yeah. Are his knees hurting? You know, are his ankles hurting? Is it, you know, what all, they're all growing. So it's, it's very, you have to approach it with a lot of patience and you have to do what you feel is right within the game. And, and at the club, we feel like technically developing kids so they're not behind. Um, but, you know, tying those two together, they have to, you know, if they're going to play on our top teams at 14 and 15, they have to have a little bit of both. You know, they have to have that competitiveness and they also have to have a little bit of sense of the game, technical ability. So you've got to tie it all together at some point. But where I'm at at 13, you get them off a U12 team, you, you have to go through the weeds a little bit um, yeah. of, of what you're working with. Um, and then, you know, then you just you help, you promote, you, you, you move kids up if you need to move them up and, so and just keep challenging them. I'm going to ask a, a, a long setup question, which JB loves. <laughs> Because let me go move my car real quick. There's one particular <laughs> college coach that he's make it one part. Yeah, it will be one part. <clears throat> one particular college coach who's making headlines this week, and I'll, I'll I'll name him in a second. And there's one quarterback who played in this state. So this is a American football style question. But Kurt Warner talked about how he never played at U and I, never started, and he finally asked somebody on his team to ask the coach because he didn't have the balls to do it. The coach said, he doesn't show up in training. He does not show up in training. He's the best player we have at that position. Doesn't show up in training. <clears throat> Deion Sanders is the, the coach I was talking about for college. He mentioned just recently how, how you show up in practice determines so much. And it's not about just showing up for practice. It's, it's what is your goal? So let me ask you this question. This is the question. The setup is long. Question is, what is your goal for training? And we're talking about four to five days a week for 12, yeah. 13, 14 year olds. So, no what is your goal, Tim, as a, a trainer, as a coach for those guys? That's a good question. I, you know, it's setting standards um, for me is, is number one. Um, and then you have to you have to really instill responsibility in each kid. Yeah. Um, because, like you just said, we're we're training four days a week. If there's no responsibility taken on their side of what this is going to look like and how we're going to work you're never going to have a good team. So, you know, first of all, I'm trying to set a standard of, of what level we're going to play at and how fast we want to play and, and how fast we want to work. And then you have to you have to instill, you know, a bit of responsibility on them. And then for me, it's just it's it's guiding and caring, you know, for those kids Yeah. and, and showing them that day in, day out, um, getting them to believe in it and, you know, listen to your voice and, and let them know that, look, all I'm trying to do is help. All I'm trying to do is help you move to the next level, get you to the next level, <clears throat> do things that I've had a million guys and have been fortunate that we just talked about to have worked with. Um, I just want to help them. So those three things for me are, are the biggest things. And, and from there, um, 
if you have good players, your training's going to be a high level and your team's going to yeah. play at a high level. So, so this is a super simple, quick question, um, and I just want you to address it because it's one of those things on the sideline in the parent world that always comes up, especially when you talk about the Gallagher's or the Fuses of the world, and, um, and, and it involves player selection, uh, identification, and politics. Um, and real quick, I'm going to reference when I had the opportunity to talk with Coach Baker back in March. You know, I, you know, all those years of our wins, I brought up the hey, everybody in town thought it was you know the the councilman's son would play and the you know whatever the politics were involved. And his answer was simply, if politics were involved, we would not have won all those state titles. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> so I'm going to put it on to you and you kind of I, I know the answer but I w- want to hear from you talk about your process talk about that 12 to 13 transition and then more importantly once they're in the the, the pool the academy pool um, talk about how you guys uh, weight measure and and kind of keep expectations high and what that looks like yeah, it's a good question, and I think it comes from you know what Zach just mentioned. It's the four days a week. It doesn't take long um, with the experience that I've had to really get to know them, and and not just get to know them as players, but get to know them how they compete, what their weaknesses are, where where are the areas that we re- need to really ride them um, or push them day to day. You know, just using Lorenzo as an example. Um, you, you guys, yeah, right. you guys, you know, grew up with them. You didn't have to worry about the ball with him. What you had to worry about is what kind of teammate and what kind of work record he was going to bring. So you just have to look at those things in every player um, individually. You know, you're, you're coaching a team sport, but you're you're coaching a bunch of individuals. So you have to communicate differently. You have to. Some guys can take it in front of a crowd. Some guys can't. Some guys want it behind closed doors. Some guys want it during a session. Um, you have to feel your way through that so you get the most out of those guys. Does it help that um, oh I don't know that you have you, not gotten you, <laughs> a, a group entering that 13 age group that ha- hasn't won a Supercopa? I mean, has there – I mean, when's the last time a Gallagher – Hey, I 11, told you, I'm fortunate to coach the group. <laughs> hasn't coach. won a Supercopa. Um, you know, but I, but I, I do want to say um, coaching style um, – our world is changing and you know there were coaches back in the day like bob knight and and these you know um the hoosiers guy where they don't touch the ball and it's fitness and and it's very authoritarian uh, you know authoritarian militant style coaching um at that 13 14 age group and all coaches and all kids are different um i really um appreciated your style um at the 13 14 you're by no means are you a pushover but you're not a yeller and screamer you're not going to yell and scream during a game you're not going to really yell and scream at a kid during practice unless it's probably a behavioral well, well, thing true true story because all our boys played together beckett came home one day yep. and i'm like how'd practice go and i was watching he's like it was really bad i'm like really why he goes it was really bad i said why he goes Coach Leonard didn't say a word. 
<laughs> so I, I guess my, my it's, it's not necessarily a question, but talk about, I mean, because you've coached under Don Ebert, who will uh, dig the hole for you. Um, you've coached, you've played for Joe Clark, you played for Bob Warming, a little bit different. I'm sure you, within the Hershey days, or you've, you've played for a whole bunch of different guys, and you've probably ran the gamut of personalities. Where do you get your coaching style from, and, and what is your philosophy for the 12 to 15 age group? I mean, more or less because, you know, U.S. soccer has changed our game a little bit where, hey, we don't need to coach, you know, hey, parents, shut the fuck up. You know, um, we're not coaching during the games. Let's let them learn. Talk about yeah. your coaching style. I, I think it's twofold. I think, you know, first off, the things I've learned from all the great coaches that I've been able to have is be yourself first off. Um, I think how smart your kids are these days, they're going to see right through you if you're not yourself. So it's, it's be yourself first off. And, and, you know, second off, it's, you know, when I was coming into the DA, when Claudio Reyna took it over as technical director and he, he was starting to lay out the guidelines of what the league was going to look like and what U.S. soccer wanted. Was his wife his partner? This DA to look like. <laughs> yeah. Did the emails come from her? Yeah, I'm not sure what they were doing at that point. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but uh, just believed in everything Claudio said. He was a guy, uh, another guy that I really looked up to as a player um, and, and had traveled, to, you know, he had just come from Man City um, and he was laying out, you know, how they, how they wanted us to approach the DA as coaches. And it was almost treat these kids as professionals. And look, <laughs> we know they're not at those ages, and, but it gave me kind of this, okay, you know, l- let's treat them as they're professionals and, and getting to work with your kids after working with St. Louis FC for, for the amount of time I did and Dale and, and that experience. Um, I think that was the right way to go is just treat them like pros, but give them um, guidance at the right times and give them leadership at the right times, but don't overstep your bounds. Let them work out problems, let them solve problems and, and become their own players and people. So I guess that's a, a, a long answer to, to a short question. No, no it's, all, a, it's all good. Here's what, answer. here's what we're going to do because we have, uh, uh, we're going to talk a lot more, but we have uh, liquid priorities. Empty uh, yes, empty glasses. So, Senior Wilhelm behind the bar is going to give us some refills. Drinking this uh, Urban Chestnut Wally's Light Lager. Delicious. What, what do you think? You Big like fan. it? Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. It's time, delicious. First time, long time now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could pick those right up, yes. you know, right absolutely. outside your parking lot down there, yeah, man. Absolutely. I love it. So, here's what we're going to do we're going to take a quick break. Um, we'll be right back with more Tim Leonard. Um, shift it up a little bit. You guys good? I'm good. All right. We'll be right back. Crescent Plumbing Supply helps save marriages. Really? As families grow, kitchen and bath needs change rapidly. Designing and choosing the right fixtures takes way more skill than just scrolling Pinterest. Staying on budget and avoiding those foreign language order sheets, that's not easy. Lucky for you, the local team at Crescent Plumbing Supply, they are experts. They can help you ditch the baby's tub for a teenage shower and upsize that kitchen sink for all those tumblers, rosé glasses, and sports water bottles. So when you're ready for that kitchen or bath makeover, go to crescentsupply.com. That's crescentsupply.com. 
There you go. I saw this dude at the Fox, and it was great. I was there. It was awesome. Are you talking 93, 94? Yeah, like mid-90s. I saw him at the Fox. I was there. And it was like a political thing that he was doing, and I didn't listen to any of the politics. I didn't care about it then. And the show was phenomenal at the Fox. Eddie Vedder at the Fox. Pearl Jam. You know, I didn't go to that because I I was, you know, Tim, you and I are the same age, right? We graduated in 93. Yep. Yeah, you you probably had the tight little CD wrap of ten when it came out, right? Uh, did you did you go to Pearl Jam or not Pearl Jam? Lollapalooza too. I did. Riverport. Yes. Right. And I rode in the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> Actually, they be- didn't we all? I mean, a Melville kid and a Grand City kid rolling to Riverport and yeah. pickup trucks. That's that's pretty synonymous that's right. there, and, man. And I think I went with Derek Burton. Do you know Derek Burton? Oh, yeah. S-I-U-E. Well, friend of the show. Dude, well, Great guy. So Jeff Burton. That's and why we got to behind the scenes. So we got to tell a little bit of story about uh, about why we played the song because and I'm going to tell the Derek Burton s- story first. Yes. Oh, um, wow. Because so many connections on that. Dude, it's St. Louis, man. Dang. It's a small world. Runs deep. Um, so when Derek came on, you know, obviously his brother Jeff, we we all grew up listening, you know, on the point, and you know he, Damn. you know, unfortunately passed mm. away from cancer and fought for a while. <clears throat> And rolling into the second half of the show, just like this, I took a shot because I wanted to, you know, the second half of the show, we wanted to talk a little bit about, hey, let's Jeff and Mm -hmm. your experiences. And he was cool with it. Uh, I asked him beforehand. So I started playing Black, Pearl Jam Black. Mm -hmm. And he sat there and was like super kind of chill about it. And he then said, you know, hey, that's, you know, that's my favorite song he reminds me basically reminds me of my brother brother took me to these shows and you know we were sitting and by the way that was after i made a stupid ass joke about how if you just clench your teeth and sing you can sound like eddie vetter and yeah. then he's like this song reminds me of my brother who just passed away yeah god well yeah, done, you're man. known for that you can't read the room <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> so so kind of a, let, let, let's throw a little honor a little because uh you, I asked you about music coming up, and you were like, "Hey, would you mind playing this song?" Uh, let's talk about Derek a little bit because Derek Mikosh is a friend of the Gallagher family, but a really deep friend of yours. Um, talk a little bit about him, why, and living legacy, and you know, yeah, um, if you, if hard you to talk mind. about, but yeah, um, we we wanted to honor his life and and. We did a celebration in the ballroom. You know, Sharmatero was a part of it, did, did a big part of it. Um, and, you know, difficult times. It was a class reunion. We got to see people from high school, but wanted to play, you know, Pearl Jam Porch for Derek. Uh, was just the best friend of mine for 20 years. And parents love him. My wife loves him. Um, it's just difficult to deal with, but uh, just a little respect to him. and. and Put it out there. He's a he was a great dude. I told you that. You know, when we opened Gaslight, he would come down and hang, and uh, him and Tony and everybody. And uh, he he was he was at the club for a while too. Absolutely, yeah. He helped uh, Nick Caruso back. You know, before Nick Boniker came on, Uh, Caruso was running the PTC. Derek uh, Derek had a strength and conditioning background. He was great with kids. uh, Really wanted to work in the club and and. 
you know, he did for a number of years and then, um, you know, met Amy and then I think got into uh, dental sales after that. But uh, yeah, hearing that song, it reminds me, just reminds me of sitting in the car, you know, playing air guitar with him. Um, yeah. Just miss him. Pre, pre, just miss him. Pre-cell phones. Uh, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. I mean, that's got awesome. a lot of trouble. Thanks that, for the uh, words, man. Yeah, that's, no. Well, it's freaking awesome. It, 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 brings up, it brings up kind of a transitional question, which is, you know, JB, you've expressed some sincere thoughts about your brother, and now, Tim, you for Derek. Uh, and we, we had Derek Burton on, whose brother Jeff uh, passed away, which we just referenced. But there is a side of, of this coaching stuff in this game where emotions are pretty big. And you are taking on kids who are coming into 13, 14, and things are changing for them. And it's difficult. And as a parent, <laughs> I, I struggle a lot <laughs> with it. Riz, <laughs> mid, bruh. Uh, which I saw a video today. It was like, you bro. need fucking medicine. <laughs> yeah, I have medicine. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not not the not the kind shaped as a little bear and chewy. <laughs> <laughs> I need therapy is what you're saying. No, I, I just I, I would love for your perspective, Tim, on the emotional side of the game and connecting with players, connecting with with coaches on the emotional level. And if you can talk to that, because I, I, that was one of the most We'll, we'll talk about the, the the last game you had with our team at some point, but I would love to get your thoughts based on this conversation. Just how how do you deal with the emotions of a 13, 14 year old boy yeah. uh, who didn't get to start, who who got right. pulled off, who didn't even make the roster, right. you know, those kinds or of things. Or who scored a fucking hat trick in whatever game. Yeah, just I mean the whole the highs, game. lows, all that. Just I'm just curious how you manage that because you were so in in my opinion just the most calm graceful graceful yeah. coach yeah. Yeah. I've ever seen and to deal with those sh shitheads is what yeah, well, good. and then I also and, think and empathy the is... Hold on. Let him answer the question. Yeah, you guys go. are going on this, like, no, no. Uh, odyssey trip. No, yeah, no it's fine. I, I think, you know, I think you just use all your experiences. I think you look back and, and you, you, you just reflect on who did you like to play for? Uh, who are your favorite guys that you really put that extra effort in yeah. for? Uh, and you reflect on that and you look at... <clears throat> how am I going to get that from him? How am I going to get that from him? And like yeah. I alluded to earlier, it's different for every kid of what he's going to buy into and how you pull that out. But I think my focus is is individually motivating every single one of them yep. um, from 1 to 18. And I told my 13s yesterday because I was really frustrated with how slow the ball was moving in training. And <laughs> you're only as good as your weakest link. And And – you know, I think their eyes came up to me. They were tired. They were breathing. And, and I said, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And I think they looked up and said, what is he talking about? <laughs> they immediately were like, is he talking about me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Each one Absolutely. of them. <laughs> so, so that's another way to just grab their attention. And, and But you've got you've to manage them individually, and you've got to work with them and, and what they do well, what they don't do well, and push it day in, day out. Um, and hope by the end of the process, you've done something, and and that's that's all I can hope. Well, I let, love that. Let me let me ask you a, a a soccer question, a coaching question, in the current world of 
uh, academy and you know this these all the elevated expectations and you know parents probably chewing on words like development and pathway and <laughs> all this stuff way too much right talk a little bit about just the simplistic balance between technical training and competing to win how do you as a coach how do you balance that at these critical ages with these kids or at the quote top level yeah no i understand uh i I understand what i'm getting into and you know being at the club since 2008 really helps um to know the landscape of what i'm yeah what i'm getting um i know what they've gone through i have a kid that that went through the program i i know on the weekends the ball is their friend and uh, by the way shout out to your kid Shout out to uh, Kirkwood C team for another victory today, 4-0 on the season. Let's go. Let's go. Um, but having him at home, you know, seeing seeing the, the work he puts in with the ball, um, I know what I'm getting. And, and for me, the focus is more on the the non-negotiables, the attitudes, yeah. you know, the yeah. how driven are you? How much do you want to improve and learn? Those intangibles for me are so important with the age groups that I'm working with because they should have a good base under them. Um, all I'm trying to do is pull out the competitor and pull out the the animal in them almost um, yep. Yep. so that they, they know how much it means. And I think that was a big part of us growing up is we knew what it meant. We knew, like alluding to when Joe's at a game, we just always had that competitive drive in us. Um, growing up, and it's something I want to try to keep instilling in our guys because it's what made St. Louis successful. Yeah, and, and FYI for those listeners that are like, wow, it just got really loud in there. We just got inundated at Amsterdam with a bunch of zillennials with mustaches. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, uh, short jean shorts and uh, curly Q mustaches. And oh now they're all outside. My God. Shh, listen, they're all gone. Ugh. It's all good. <laughs> I was just in the shitter. <clears throat> they have the best sticker I've ever seen in there. Oh yeah. It says it, it says L, and then it's six hundred O's, and then it's W with the little thing E N. It says Luvin. Oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> I need to get that sticker. Yeah, you do. You know that great segue. Oh yeah. Let's ask you about that. Um. You know, you, you spent your life here. You're a 314. Um, Daryl Duran was your neighbor. I have to cut <clears> in. <throat> you go to the College Cup in your senior year, Final Jesus. Four, leading the team, captain of the team. What happens if that freaking team is here after December 15th of that year? Great question. Uh, <laughs> Shoulda, coulda, well, so unfortunate that it didn't happen that God. way. But uh, man, what a team and what a good time um, in my in my playing career. It was unbelievable. But yeah, I got to see Brian McBride kind of go through the process of not having MLS when he got out of school and and heading over to Germany, and then he would come back over and, and help out Joe with our preseason and train with us. Um, so I got you know I got a pretty you know, firsthand look at, at what it was like for a guy during that time to go through what he was going through. And, you know, he would say, Tim, I, I was in 5v2 and, and I'm, you know, I'm taking food off these guys' plates, basically. I'm taking this guy's job. Uh, yeah. They're two-footing me in 5v2. They're, they're, tr- they're trying to hurt me. I felt like they were trying to hurt me. And then they recognized I could help the team. 
and uh, things changed, you know, quickly. He came back to Columbus, but uh, man, Brian, what a what a legend and, and what an influence on me as such a young guy. Well, let me, let me take that back into what, where I was going with this, and that is, you know, growing up here, knowing all the names, playing with the names, uh, you know, uh, kind of maximizing opportunities and knowing everybody else that did as well. And then, you know, there are names like Brian and Ralston, et cetera, that, that kept on going, et cetera. Now you fast forward to... 2023 and the long wait is over from a professional league standpoint um city sc's here we're sitting here what is today's date uh september 6th 7th whatever whatever um yeah nine six yeah year one we're still in first place talk about the team and out of the gate and did did you think it was going to play out this way uh and and where does like your uh, kind of historical emotion tie into what's going on down at City Park. Absolutely. Um, I don't think anyone probably thought it was going to play out the way it's playing out. No. I, I, I could be wrong, but even even guys down there. But just looking at uh, the culture that Bradley set for his team, it's a hardworking group. It's a, uh, It almost looks like a no-attitude type of team that everyone's willing to work for everyone. And, and it's you know it's one to twenty three. They you know they've been moving guys around, playing different guys, uh, lineups for you know whatever reason, whether that be injury or, or just just giving younger guys a chance. But Quote they're doing unquote, it managing uh, bodies. They're doing it. <laughs> My least favorite fucking term in the head in soccer Sounds ever. Gross. Managing bodies. But man, they've uh, <laughs> they have pulled Fuck. out some results and uh, put themselves in a, in a great spot. So, so I, I, the other day I was talking with somebody and, and they, a friend of mine that's down in Atlanta, who's a soccer guy too, same age as us. And, um, he was like, holy shit, you know, this team, it looks like it's for real, blah, blah, blah. He's like, man, you know, a bunch of St. Louis guys. And, you know, because he's not doing the homework. He's not a MLS fan. And I'm like, no, this is kind of like an MLS team, more European than most of them. Um, He's like, well, does it bother you that it's, you know, not really St. Louis guys? And I thought about that, and I've got mixed feelings about it, and I get it. It's a big, big business. You know, if you can go find a guy like Klaus and Leuven, et cetera, you're going to bring them in. Sure. But for you personally, knowing what the academy looks like, knowing the names of 80% of those kids, and then seeing individuals... Um, like Caden and Tyson, who just you know signed a homegrown contract. How much pride and hope do you have in this thing? Kind of look, it's it, it, we're not going to have eight, nine St. Louis guys starting at any one point. It's going to be mixed, but two, three, four is feasible. Mm-hmm. What, what's 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 your what's your gut tell you moving forward about the pipeline and what the pipeline is really going to mean to this team? Uh, moving forward it's motivating Um, it's motivating for me because I know you know Jared keeps alluding to uh, the Super Copa titles and these players I get to work with (laughs) I I get it like I get it and I know the talent t-ball yeah yeah (laughs) and I I understand uh, that there are going to be more within you know the 09s the 10s these guys are going to keep coming up you know uh, your your guys included your boys included 
um, there's going to be opportunities for him. For me, what does it do for me as a St. Louisan? It makes me proud. Yeah. It makes me yeah. really root for those guys. Um, and deep down, want them to get first team chances. You know, I don't think Josh Sargent was available for for, oh <laughs> for City to bring him back, right? So they had yeah. to build. They had to build a squad. They think they had to build. Um, but you know, from from Tyson and Caden and and who's ever next, it's just for me. It's 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 proud to, and it's it's just. I'm so happy that I even got to work with those guys. You know, I just feel fortunate to instill a little bit in them um, for them to, to move on and but that's succeed. A, that's, a great, that's a great point because we talked about this kind of off uh, on the break. You know, when a coach says, I developed that player, you get to have an impact on these kids. Can you talk a little bit about that part of it? Meaning, what's the process look like? And, and, and help our parents understand and our listeners understand that it's not one coach. It's not one program. It's not one experience. Just kind of be a little open and, and, and walk through what that looks like. Yeah, I, I, we were talking about it off air. I just think that uh, too many youth coaches these days get caught up in, you know, me, me, me. I, I developed, I developed, I developed. Look. Or, or they played at my high school. Correct. Well, whatever the case, um, whether you touched a kid for, for two months or two years or, or four years, I just feel like there's such a process. Um, I mean, myself, my own story, I, I mean, I played club soccer. I played basketball in high school. Mm-hmm. I played golf in high school. All those coaches had an influence on me. You were on those Joe Clark golf trips. 100% on those Joe <laughs> Clark walking nine holes uh, golf nice. trips. Um, and, and back to Joe, I mean, how, what a leader to let us work his camps under his name. Yeah. Um, you know, that was the biggest thing for me that I was impressed with Joe is not, not only as a coach, um, but just as a person to put trust in me to work his camps at Chaminade all summer long, at SLU overnight camps all summer long, every yep. summer, you know, to make my spending money. I mean, the guy was just, uh, he was just such a different level leader. And I just try to, to put little things of what I've learned from those type of guys yeah. into my team. I love that. Yeah, I want to I wanna kind of shuffle it up a little bit because we, we I, I'll kick myself in the ass if I'm, listening to this later on and, and we don't we don't talk about this well you will be um, will it be your second or third time through maybe my third time <laughs> what we got to talk about is it's an interesting part of your career um you leave slew um and you you were kind of a journeyman and namely i want to talk about those days in hershey um, the Hershey Entertainment Group around that park and that conglomerate of what is, you know, a blue blood of our American business culture. Um, playing for that team, I, I, you know, it's a short-lived franchise. They played at, at, at a uh, stadium on, on the grounds, and I think you guys made the playoffs every year. Yeah. So can, can you talk about a little bit at your time um, playing for the Hershey Wildcats and what that meant to you? And, and, and at that time, that was in the A League, um, was what they called it. So that was our second league um, at the time. And just 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 spit game a little bit about the Hershey Wildcats. Yeah, no, uh, appreciate that because I played for Bob Lilly, um, who is still wow. still coaching uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Yeah, um, in the USL. So great coach, great guy. Um, had an unbelievable team. 
um, we were in a division with the Rochester Rhinos at that time. Mm-hmm. And during the season I got to Hershey, Rochester was coming off a U.S. Open win. Um, yeah. They were a team that owned their own stadium that had a big budget, big team, a lot of good players. Um, so we were in their division, and we actually lost to them in the playoffs my first year in Hershey. Wow. But I'll tell you what, um, living on Chocolate Avenue, um, having guys that went to Georgetown and Pitt, and in the team that I was playing on and, and being able to go to back to their schools and I was only you know 22 23 at the time and to go you know go onto their campus and have a good time with them and and just uh, just soak it in and, and really just you were living on a resort it, it was unbelievable I was hitting wedges because I'm a golfer but I, I, I had my wedge out and the chocolate factory was right behind my apartment and wow. I used to hit wedges off of the chocolate factory and they would come back into my yard we had a we had a huge backyard so, so I'll tell when you what one of it those was a, sneaks through you're the lawsuit I'll tell you man yeah. I hope no one gets chocolate in their kisses I mean a golf ball in their kisses you're but right. that's hilarious I'll tell you what it was awesome hey let me let me shift back up a little bit uh, uh, to, to family and specifically you, you, your kids, your son. You, you were checking the updates. He's up, he's over there. Kirkwood had a game tonight. Uh, Zach brought it up a little bit earlier. Um, where I want to go with with this is again a little bit more parental advice and just getting your take on because you you live, breathe, die, eat, sleep, drink soccer seven days a week, right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Um, but you have a son that is, you know, you were talking about where he's thriving, what was a struggle and, you know, where he's at now. And, you know, there's a lot of parents out there that have a balance, <laughs> an imbalance of undue expectations and then those reality checks. How do you do that for you and your son in particular, knowing that your job, you're training the best right. all the time? So how do you how do you balance that, and what does that what does that car ride home sound like? <laughs> it's uh, it's more on his you know it's it's in his cards. So like how much does he want to talk um, on that particular day? How much does he want to share with me on that particular day? I'm not a guy who's gonna pull things out of him. Um, I want him to talk to me. Of course, there's times where it's gonna have to come down to a conversation of decision making or what team he wants to play with or where we're going to go with this thing. But in it, it, parenting him, it's been very easy because he's such a good guy. I think he got it from the mom. But uh, uh, he, he didn't get it from Melville. He Definitely not. Um, yeah. <laughs> we could talk days about that. But um, he, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He understands where he is. You know, I worked in the 09 age group. He's in 09. Yeah. Um, just recently pushed those guys on to city a lot of them and uh, you know he's in there he knows them he's played against them he grew up playing against them so he gets it um and that's all i can ask i hope he gets it i hope he understands where he is um in the process and i and all i can do is is be a fan more than a than anything and 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 really help him love the game well but, said. but but you talked you talked specifically also about him thriving in this environment yeah. you know because there's a lot of parents in the debates that we have on the show sure. high school versus academy versus club yeah and there's so many parents that are 
trying to find that wedge to shove their kid up into an environment that may or may not be the right environment for right. him. Um, talk about, if you don't mind, his own experience and what you're seeing uh, through enjoying it and how important it is for a parent to notice that. Yeah, it's been um, it's been fun to watch him get to play for his you know for his for his school and he's 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 playing with the C team, but he there's there's a sense of confidence uh there's a sense of pride in in what he's doing and all i can do as a parent is enjoy that um relish in it and and keep promoting it and and hopefully by the end of this you know journey that he's on um you know he can win a state championship for his high school i mean that's the that's the goal but you know if it comes to his junior year where he's developed and he's starting to, to play well and he wants to look at the academy it, it's a hundred percent right for those type of players that are that are driven towards that uh, that goal of you know semi-professional professional division one division two um, if he gets to that point I'm not gonna stop him from from pursuing the academy route either so I'm gonna ask you a very pointed question did US Soccer Federation screw up when they gave over USDA ownership to the MLS. Um, man, that's a question <laughs> for way above question. my pay grade. Part but I'm two. Serious. Yeah, I'm next not. Hour on no, I, I'm just curious day, what you're. Um, I don't know because you've a seen a lot of change in 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 yeah, both. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure it was a choice, but um, look, it, it, for me, the the league is the top league in the country. Yep. Your kids have been a part of it for, for quite a long time now. You, I'm, I'm sure you've grown to appreciate it. Um, I've spent, you know, 15 some odd years appreciating it and 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 really pushing players um, that I feel like are in the right environment and feel like are in the right competition. Um, so they've done a great job. U.S. Soccer did a great job starting it. Now, MLS took on a big, big, big job. Yeah. Um, and it's going to take them time to clean things up, but at the same time, uh, I'm never going to argue that it's not the right league for the top players in our country. Yeah. Well, I, the reason why I say it wasn't a choice is because it was a federal lawsuit b- b- with the United States Youth Soccer Association yeah. against U.S. Soccer, <clears throat> which made them um, split the umbrella, if you will. So it was it, a non-monopoly. It, yeah, it was. It, it, well, it, I get it. it, it I, know, I, I there just, was litigation I, involved where that U.S. Soccer could not control. But I, I, I guess my question is. And Tim, I'm not expecting you to answer this necessarily. It's just, will we win the next World Cup? Mm. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for this episode. According to Lucky at McGurk's, no. Say I'm not going yeah. to Vegas. Uh, right now. No, I, I think that's that, that's kind of it. It's just, how can we? You know, how can we write this ship if there's, you know, yeah, anti uh, monopoly situations going on with the U.S. Soccer Federation. When when we're competing against countries that literally embrace the monopoly status of their soccer federation. It's It's a difficult... uh, Yeah. It's a long conversation and a difficult one. Um, I've been fortunate to see Germany and see Holland and seeing their youth development and and just see how on board with everything they are as, as countries. And the logistics of our country has always been a challenge. It's a big challenge. Too big. Um, yeah, Jamie talks about a lot. Yeah, it's when I, it's something I learned in Southern California is 
if I was the U-17 national team, how am I picking a team? Oh, my God. Um, it, it's ridiculous, the job that you're expected to do. Can I tell you where you're not looking? Kansas City. <laughs> there it is. Fair enough. We finally got to it. Hey, Tim, I know, I know that that's our cue closing. I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for being a part of my son's life. Yeah, um, ditto. Uh, ditto, ditto. Um, he, his time with you was very influential, and I and, and I'm a fan of you, uh, the the club, and I can't wait to see the the kids that you continue to pump out because I, I first class man and, yeah. and your career. Uh, I, I, let's go, Tim Leonard. Tim Leonard well, for president. And, 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 I want to say and, something real quick. Well, I'm going to follow it up, and then you can close yeah. this out. Uh, Beckett said the same thing the other day. I'm like, hey, two years in, year and a half into this thing over at the city. How's it going? You happy? Because that's really all I care about. Like, look, the kid's going to be a hammer or he's not. It's up to him. He's like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, wait, you know, uh, anything you miss about the other environment? He's like, man, I miss Coach Leonard. <laughs> he was he was like sincere, and then he ate his avocado toast. So see, that's <laughs> that's the stuff I, I love to hear. I mean, you're gonna make me emotional, but uh, you guys were you guys were all a pleasure to work with. I love what you're doing here, and uh, your your sons have been a, a great pleasure to work well, with. I, well, I I want to close it with this, and I, I I referenced it earlier, which is the last game we had with you at, oh, uh, out in, in in Dallas. Uh, it was miserably hot. Because of injuries, we had one player uh, as a sub, and these boys battled, and they battled for you, and they already had their spots picked out. They knew where they were going, and they were they were they were they were fighting for their coach, and they didn't know you played with Steve Ralston. They didn't know you played with Brian McBride. They don't know about Joe Clark. They don't know about any of that. They knew who you were, and I think that's such a testament to your role and the role of the coach fuck yeah and i am just so proud that my son got to play with you for as long as he did my son would say the same thing that that beckett and 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 birdie would say which is we miss lenny and um it's it's you should be proud i miss them um so you can relay that message but it's <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure and and i'm glad to hear that because i never wanted to tell them where i played or what i did i just wanted them to to work for me yeah. Well, they did. They did. Well done, kid. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Hey, Thanks man. for having me, yeah, guys. Yeah, dude. Thanks, Thanks for coming coach. on. Gentlemen, thank you for uh, not fucking it up too bad. Really appreciate it, Jared. You're welcome again. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing, guys. You're hey, killing it. Give us, give us a follow. Give us a share. Because as our numbers go up, I troll Kansas City podcasts. So uh, give us a little help there. I would appreciate it. I'm not uh, paying for this bar tab, by the way, either. Yeah. No, you're, no, it's all right. Wally's is. All right, guys. We're out. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Lust for life. Live it. Adios. Adios.